Heartstruck with Alyssa and Clark. So there have been reports of a Pokemon Go style game. Would you play it? Um what is it? It's deadly creatures and where to find them. Fantastic, Fantastic beasts and where to find them. Would I play it? I'd try it. If it was free to play, why not? Did you have a Pokemon backward ba- background? Oh yeah. No, I pokeed hard. I, I beat the first few games. Not beat, like actually caught them all. I'm not a completionist. Games. Games. Uh Game Boy. Games. Okay. Red, blue, gold, yellow, I guess, technically. Uh and the card games as well. I collected, traded, and so you, you had some yeah. of the foundation, and so when this happened, it was like, this is awesome, and I get it already. Exactly, yeah. It felt right, and I was actually excited about it. And uh, Fantastic Beasts, I feel like we'd all be venturing into that together, because mm-hmm. that's that's relatively new property, and I think it'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is one more thing that I want to talk about before we jump into this week's uh, chapters, which are going to be five and six. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we got a fun little question on Twitter from... <laughs> My good friend, Matt. Well, yeah, so we, we had uh, a Matt tweeted at us, um, and he said, well, I just listened to first episode of the season, mm-hmm. uh, and we talk a little bit. There's the funny line that Clark loved of, like, is it Voldemort? And Dobby's like, oh, no, 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 no. And he's like, does he got a brother? <laughs> and and Matt pointed out that, that he was surprised that uh, we didn't speculate as to Voldemort's brother's name. And he told hmm. us, uh, it's Jim. It's Jim? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, so, so I'm wondering, uh, that's Matt's guess. What do you think? And uh, follow-up or like refinement of the question, yes. is, is Voldemort a first name or a last name? <laughs> Ooh, good question. <laughs> uh, honestly, Voldemort seems like a tryhard to me. So I feel like Voldemort is a nickname that he chose for himself mm-hmm. and then tried to get everybody else to adopt because his name was probably like um, Buttry or something. Simon. Simon. <laughs> like, so, something, you know, tame. Buttry. Buttry. See? <laughs> Nobody wants to be called Buttry. Uh, so I think he's like, no, 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 no. Call me Voldemort. And they're like, you can't make your own nickname. And he's like, no, but call me Voldemort. And it was just so lame. And um, he got made fun of so much because he tried to just make this cool name that he swore revenge on all of these people that made fun of him. And he uh, he got it. <laughs> Let me tell you, he got it. Uh, but that's not the case for his brother Ragnarok. Is that what the Potters? <laughs> his brother Ragnarok never had a problem getting respect from people. Uh, he didn't have to swear any vengeance. Oh, you destroyed me with Ragnarok. <laughs> <laughs> much like Ragnarok destroyed... Um, all of his enemies. So what? What's their surname then? If if it's not Voldemort? Uh, boy, what would work for both Simon and Ragnarok? Uh, Wilhelm, I guess. <laughs> German, interesting. Yeah, it never really specifies where they're from. See, I I really liked um the idea that Voldemort is his first name, mm, and uh, mm-hmm. so it's like Voldemort and Jim Jones. <laughs> 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 They call so, me Jones. Voldemort Jones. Oh, that really went in a weird direction. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm hanging out with Jim today. He's got this weird brother. He's got a weird brother, really? What's his name? Voldemort? Yeah. Uh, was, what? what? <laughs> like, he said Mort? No, no, no. no, no. no, no. Voldemort. Bless you. Uh, <laughs> so thank you very much, Matt, for that uh, suggestion. Uh, what would you So you think his brother's name would be Jim as well, or what do you think his brother would be? Hmm. If Voldemort really had a brother, mm-hmm. 
and his first name was. I I really like the idea of them having a really plain last name. Okay. Uh, and it, and Voldemort being his first name, um, because the other option is Lord, like Lord and Jim Jones. Oh yes. And I, I don't I don't like that as much. No. Um, I really like Ragnarok, um, and I really like the idea of a simple name. So yeah, something like like Thomas, some some sort of uh British. English king reference, nice and standard and Hmm. used by way too many men. (laughs) Yes, we all know that feeling. So list is small. Let's get on to chapter five. Chapter five. The Whomping Willow. Womp, 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 womp. What's it about? I feel such shame just for having allowed that. Um, (laughs) Can't stop it. (sighs) Can't stop the womp. Um, (laughs) Okay, so in The Whomping Willow... Harry and Ron can't get through the barrier to platform nine and three quarters, so naturally, they go all Gryffindor on the situation. Like you do. And decide they're going to follow the train in the Weasley's flying car to Hogwarts. And the car crashes once they get to Hogwarts into the Whomping Willow, which is this tree that is all, you know, aggressive, Mm -hmm, has mm -hmm. some issues, and... Then uh, Snape finds them outside the castle and uh, takes them inside, and they end up with detention from McGonagall. Hmm. That is chapter five. So I spent the first, like, eight pages of this chapter, maybe ten, I don't know, I haven't counted, but just being like, no, 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 no. At, at least the part where, like, Harry and Ron were trying to figure out what to do to get back on the train. Uh, there was that whole beginning part where they were rushing to get ready and stuff. Honestly, like, I... I didn't take that much from the Weasleys rushing to get ready. I thought it was sweet that Harry, um, it made like a note there that it was like the best month of Harry's life. Happiest month of Harry's life. Happiest month of Harry's life. This this book so far is very much dealing in superlatives of worst birthday, worst summer, happiest month of his life, happiest this, happiest. Well, we have two to reference now. Yes. We have the last one and we have this one. So yes. they can just be like, but this one's really good. Uh, forget about the rest of his life. This one's the best. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, we do see some of that. We see a little bit of like, oh, they're rushing so fast to get everything ready. Okay, it's it's kind of a... So here is my question when all of that was happening, was mm-hmm. they kept turning back because they kept forgetting things. Yeah, that tomorrow. was so silly. And I was like, can't they just owl this stuff to them yeah, tomorrow? Yeah, owl it to them like the next morning. Like, it's not that hard. Yeah. Go to the trains to, and like Maybe it, it's a money it thing. started it started out with trivial things and i felt like they probably weren't very far away and it's like oh no we're like just down the street like turn back i forgot one mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. and then like the things got progressively more important like a broom and a journal and or a diary yeah yeah like yeah. A diary to a fresh like not a freshman to a first year like she might want to write in that that like, night she's this is her yeah. first night away from her parents ever she might need that um, yeah and yeah, the broom, like, that they they were on the Quidditch team. They're going to need that, possibly, like, the first night. So, so I'm going to go with either as a money thing or it was a they actually believe that they could pull it off thing. Or it's just a convenient way to burn half an hour so they're running super late. I would put money on uh, the Weasley's owl. Errol probably mm-hmm. can't handle carrying packages. No. I think they could have sent... Um, first of all, they didn't need to bring the fireworks. Second of all, how did they make fireworks go off in the house without using magic safely? I don't know. Uh, third of all, Hedwig totally could have gone back for the diary. Oh, not, Hedwig totally could have. Not the broomstick, but Hedwig um, totally could have And then gone Percy back. also <laughs> has... Percy has a new owl, doesn't he? I don't know. I don't know. 
But the whole thing leads to them at the platform and they can't get through. I I feel like I'm supposed to read into the fact that Hermes, yeah. I'm supposed to read into the fact that Ron and Harry can't get through. Mm -hmm. I feel like a question that might be coming is like, why do you think they couldn't get through the platform? Why? My question is, why does that become an impenetrable wall when the train is late? I I know that's that's just answering a question with a question, but like, okay. Is Is that what you think it is? That's what they certainly believe it to be, and Ron believes it to be, too. I'm not asking you that. I'm asking you. (laughs) I don't think that's it. No, there's something else at play. I mean, Dobby's already made it clear that somebody doesn't want him there, and if all it takes is putting a little, you know, anti-Harry spell on the train, hoping that would deter him, then so be it. Um, Might be the same thing that crashed the car, too. It's hard to tell because that's kind of a clunker of a car, so it was probably just going to die anyway. But maybe someone's like, oh, hey, there's Harry Potter. He found another way to get here. What if I just turn that engine off right near the Whomping Willow? Hmm, what could go wrong? Do you think that's what happened? <sighs> yeah, probably. Yeah. You think it's sabotage? Yeah, I don't think Rowling is, is big on... I, I think stuff like that, she's getting a little more subtle about it, but it still is very much a, a cookie crumb trail. Of I could see them, you know, in a few chapters or when they really, when the, when the evil guy does his monologue, he'll be like, and I tried and I got you here and I got you here and you just kept coming. And uh, I feel like those are going to be some of the things that are pointed at. But hmm. who do you think the evil guy is? Eh, probably Gilderoy. Uh, but who knows? There's still people we haven't met. I mean, that guy's wicked. I mean, we'll talk about it in the next chapter, but he's not all he appears to be. And he might not actually know what he's doing. Might be a lot of talk. But we'll get there. Um, so nine and three quarters, they don't make it through. Their plan is then to go to the car, which made me so angry. Bad idea. Bad, bad, bad idea. Go back to the house. Use flu powder. Send an owl. Anything. It's, anything. It was very much a manifestation of, of they went entirely unchecked. Yeah. All last year. Yeah. And got by just fine and were pretty much undisciplined for it except for the one time they got caught and were like severely disciplined like yeah they lost 50 points yeah um or 150 points i guess 150 points combined and detention in the in the forest oh detention (laughs) but like in in a place that they're told like you shouldn't go here unless you want to die yeah like (laughs) yeah and so all of this goes on and they're celebrated for it in the first book. And so, of course, they're sitting here thinking we're alone on this island and we have to figure this out for ourselves. I, I really, uh, I believe that they made that choice. I can't believe that they didn't sit there and think, like, what are the parents going to do yeah. when they get out? Yeah. Like, how are they going to get home? Yes, they know how to get home, but, like... Aren't they going to be concerned about these things? Yeah, it's like, even if this works, even if everything works, best case scenario, it's still just a really bad situation. Yeah, what are we going to do with the car once we get to Hogwarts? Yeah, like, yeah. They, they just don't think through anything. And I, I do like how um, how they have, uh, they have some real-world consequences from mm-hmm. that. Where, um, you know, they, they say, like, oh, no, we won't be seen, whatever. And... They are seen, and not only are they seen, they make the front page of the nationwide paper yeah. that evening. They totally should have been expelled. <laughs> they, sh- uh, they should have been. Like 100%. And why weren't they? 
Because uh, Dumbledore's a, a softy, and McGonagall's a softy, and, and they have this idea in their head that somehow Harry is made for something bigger. And I, I feel like Dumbledore may have some type of prophecy in his head or some sort of... He kind of has Gandalf syndrome, where it's like he he knows something. He knows something about this end story, and he has a, a really strong gut feeling about this whole Harry Potter thing, and he's willing to put up with just about anything to make sure that that um, isn't compromised. And I think McGonagall just trusts him, and I think it would be kind of egg on her face too that like her, you know, most famous student, certainly not best student at all in the house, but certainly most famous student gets expelled over something this like reckless. I don't know. It would be kind of egg on their face, but. Yeah, so there's lots of reasons, but... What do you think it would take for Harry to get expelled? Oh, boy, at this point, probably killing someone just stone cold with a bunch of witnesses. <laughs> Turning a bunch of people to stone. Uh, I don't know. It seems like it would take a lot. Certainly not any of the things that it, that <clears throat> Rowling would want us to believe. Do you think anyone else would have been expelled if like Harry had not been involved? Uh, if it had been a second or third strike, yeah. I think it was an expellable offense, but I think it required discernment. It's also day one, and there are also kids. Like, I think if they were a little bit older and they did it, and they sensed, like, I think they sensed a little bit of bravado from them, but not a ton. Like, if they landed and they were like, da-da-da-da, look, we're here, and it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And totally remorseless. And I think like part of that remorse came from oh we hit this tree and almost died and that's terrifying and Ron's, Ron's wand is broken yeah, and all this yeah. like like all these natural consequences happened. I, I I think if if they had like landed gracefully and like walk in and and actually out that sort of dream that they had of like we're gonna arrive and everyone's gonna be amazed and mm-hmm. we're gonna just make this amazing impression, they would have had a, a harder punishment. You think? I think so, but mm. I think just the fact that like we got there late, we had to lug our luggage all the way up to the to the castle. Oh no! <laughs> they have a year's worth of stuff. That's true, but they're back on Hogwarts. They can use magic again. I don't. I don't think. But Ron's they were... wand's broken, and then they miss the sorting ceremony. When which like any other time probably wouldn't matter, but the fact that Ginny was being sorted is probably yeah. pretty sad. Like that's the first sorting ceremony that they would get to see from the other end and there's that emotional connection so i think because of all of the like the sort of sour grapes that happened Mm -hmm. already that sort of cushioned uh mcgonagall's punishment yeah i still just i'm still on the side as she went way too soft on him to the point now where it's like honestly i'm kind of sick of of rolling talking about how much trouble they could be in if they got caught I don't buy it. I don't buy it. It's it's not going to happen. He's never going to get expelled. Like, Ron's never going to ex- get expelled. Hermione's, they're going to keep getting caught. I know for, like, five more books, they're going to keep wandering off into hallways and getting caught randomly by teachers. But they're never going to get expelled. They're never going to get anything more than detention, you know? Maybe for, like, a week. But, like, it's just kind of to a point now where it's it's, like, this trope is coming to an end. Or it needs to come to an end. But I have a strange feeling it's not going to. But 
I don't know. Because they, they kind of need that whole, like, they need there to be a level of, if we sneak out or if we do this bad thing, there need to be consequences. Like, a level of respect for the rules yeah. of, like, uh, if I'm caught, this is a bad thing. Or if, yeah. like, and and for them to weigh the risk-reward there and decide there's more reward in this. Yeah. And, but still have that weight rather than, like, whatever, I, I don't even care. Like, I'm, I don't even think about the rules anymore. And I'm hoping that... uh Maybe something like a giant basilisk turning students into stone uh, might up the stakes a little bit. Yes, I did say basilisk because guess what, Alyssa? I found Did you Google it? I didn't Google it. Well, I knew what a basilisk was. But um, no, I was looking up covers uh, for the second book when I was doing the first season because like for the podcast, the art on the podcast episode at secretweaponproductions.com slash echo, or sorry, whoa, slash wordstruck is... um, the cover of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. So while I was looking that up, I found a, like there were a bunch of variant covers from like different countries. And one of those variant covers had like a giant snake on it. And I'm like, whoa, wait a second. So I re-looked at my book and it turns out on this little column that Harry Potter is flying up, there are snakes on it. And there are snakes all around on the cover of this book, which led me to think that there's going to be a giant snake. And then I remembered giant snake, students turning into stone. No one knows what's doing it defensive dark arts teacher who is known for being really good at dealing with exotic animals that are really dangerous and i'm like wait a second there's a basilisk and you're not saying anything and i think i'm onto something so i think the basilisk if it exists will up the stakes and it will make it so if they sneak out at night real things could happen that are way worse than detention way worse than suspension and i think that rolling will do right by me and she has up the stakes where like, yeah, you can sneak out and maybe you'll get caught. Maybe you'll get detention or maybe you'll get turned into stone by a giant snake. So all that to say, um, the I, I think the punishment wasn't really didn't really match the crime this time. But I think that the stakes will be raised. So one thing that bothered me was, OK, so they are they make the front page of the, of the Nightly Prophet. Mm hmm. Evening Prophet, whatever. Um, and who knows when that really comes out, but I assume a couple of hours before they actually got to Hogwarts. Yeah. So, like, why didn't anyone from Hogwarts, like, try to intercept them or stop that from happening to prevent more muggles from seeing them? And also, you know, make sure they don't die in the flying car that is clearly, like, probably not very safe. Um... um and also, how is it that they can just fly up and see the Hogwarts Express? Like, how is that not visible to muggles? Uh, I kind of wondered that, too. Um, so I guess, for one, like, the timing of it with the article coming out, I'm assuming that, like, those people seeing it, they had to go to the press. So they had to, like, find the time of their day to go report the story to the journalists. The journalists had to do their due diligence and... You know, they hear it from one or two people and they're like, okay, buddy. But then they finally, like, six people file in and they're like, oh, we have to write this story. And I feel like that process probably took a few hours where it's like, it's very possible that it came out, like, pretty much at the same time that they were lurching into a whomping willow. Um, I, I will say the car ride, when Ron's dad was suggesting they take the car, he... he He's always a little trickster, just like his sons. But he's like, oh, we'll hop in the car. We'll make it invisible. It'll be about 10 minutes. 
when really apparently it's a couple hours and they went through an entire bag of toffee and like oh, yeah, they they were like oh like the so the, the drive the drive yeah. from the borough to london is about four hours yeah and then the drive from london all the way into the highlands is like eight nine hours something like yeah. that so when his dad was selling the whole thing he's, he was selling it way short or he was just saying it would be 10 minutes to the station but that doesn't make any sense um as for the train how they were able to see it I guess that's kind of like the whole, how can they see Diagon Alley? I, I think it's just kind of... But, like, you have to go through some magic, and, like, I I don't think that if, like, they had a bird's eye view of Diagon Alley, they could just be like, oh, yeah, it's just on the other side of that building. Hmm. Like, it's, it's magically hidden. And I think that the train track for the Hogwarts Express must also be magically hidden. Yeah, it must because be. Because otherwise, like, there has to be bird's eye view surveillance of this... Uh, of train stations yeah yeah and they have to be able to like look down and be like oh what's that like what is that train track that leads that direction yeah i think you're you're on i think they've hidden this entire very large infrastructure so like how how is it that they can just fly up and so i it just felt like a frustrating plot hole because i was like there's no way there's no way that they can just fly up and there it is yeah that's the beauty of magic i don't believe it It's, it's the mother of all plot hole sealers i was very frustrated with it (laughs) i guess i didn't mind that uh i guess uh one one last frustration event now that i'm done with my very long basilisk grant uh why isn't there a second train a second train a second train for the late people the the shame train is there a second bus for going getting to the school in the morning there's certainly another one in 20 minutes if you wait it's the Hogwarts Express. Its name is after the school. Hmm. I thought you'd be on my side on this one. You think there'd be Mm-mm. just like a single train car that's just like, loser mobile, and they would make fun of them as they came on, and they would talk in high-pitched Mm-mm. voices the whole time because of magic? No? Hmm. Mm-mm. I don't believe it. I think there's very much a an importance to the community of all of us arriving together, all of us starting this thing together, The all of the first years get on the boats that same way can you imagine being a first year on the late train and yeah you right? don't get that and you're just on this like boat by yourself or like they like, they keep good. all the first years there yeah. and and wait for the next train and like okay we get the two others that we're missing and then everything starts 20 minutes late like no it's yeah. it's not it's too big of an entity to to allow for that yeah they probably have ways to deal with it but yeah and that's why she just said, send us an owl next time. We'll, well, f- we'll figure out a way to get here. And that was, I, I really liked that because I, I, I think, um, I think all of the last book, whenever we'd be like, why aren't they thinking of these much easier solutions? Otherwise known as like asking an adult for help. Mm-hmm, right. An adult who's probably dealt with this before. And they just sort of have this, this, bravado of like we can deal with it whatever and we have to deal with it and everything is life or death and if mm-hmm, we don't do mm-hmm. this we're never going to make it and all this and and they get sort of enamored in their own ability and i loved that mcgonagall pointed out that that very obvious like why didn't you try all of these much more reasonable things that were much more responsible yeah like yeah we are your allies here and you need to actually think of that and i hope that this is again like like the stakes being raised or whatever. I hope that this is a sign of, um, I hope Harry Potter actually learns from this. I hope Harry and Ron actually realize, you know, this was fun. We did this, but 
maybe, I don't know, maybe we should be responsible. And I feel like they probably have a couple more books of being quite young. But or, I, I feel like eventually they might actually go to an adult for these things. Yeah, I and I think I mean uh, in Sorcerer's Stone we see it once when they when they go to McGonagall at the end and they're trying to say oh all these terrible things are happening and yeah, yeah. and she kind of tries to bat them away and doesn't and then include they try to them. go to Hagrid too yeah and they and they don't include the the trio and the solution yeah yeah but they do bring the problem to the adults and the adults the adults do eventually step in yeah. And so there, there was a little bit of growth in that book. And this one, I feel like it, it's just posing the question that I kept asking last book of like, why don't they once think about this? Yeah, right. And, and so I'm really glad that, that I don't have to do the job of that, that one of the characters is finally calling them yeah. on that. She's stepping up. She's doing it. And she's not, you know, she's doing it in their best interest. She's not just trying to be mean. Clearly, she gave them iced pumpkin juice. Gross. That's a uh, thing. That was, I, I think it appeared... In Sorcerer's Stone. Really? Cold pumpkin juice, yeah. Mm, sounds terrible. It's sweet. But, it's, it's a sweet, it's kind of like orange juice, an equivalent, mm, but tastes like pumpkin. Interesting. Well, she gave him some of that, so she Get can Get used to in. that. Yeah, the pumpkin <laughs> juice. Maybe we should make that for next episode. <laughs> we'll both just be sipping on cold pumpkin tis, juice. Tis the season for mm-hmm, pumpkin mm-hmm. everything, so of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, pumpkin juice. Let's see. Other important questions for this chapter. Uh, what would the Whomping Willow's name be? The Whomping Willow's name? hmm Do you name your trees? Do you think it's like if a it, sentient creature? It threw up its dukes. Do, do you name... Uh, would you name a Venus flytrap? Uh, probably, yeah. yeah. Okay. I would. I'd name so, it Dottie. I, I think if you name a Venus flytrap, you would probably name a Whomping Willow. hmm I kind of like the idea of, like, Winifred... Ooh, I like that. Winnie for short. Winnie the Whomping Willow. Winnie the Whomping Willow. So you're going for alliteration. Oh, of course. Uh, such a journalist, you. Such a I'm headline not, writer, you. I'm not sure that's a journalist thing. That's true. There's a there's a pretty good cross-section of alliteration of pun lovers and, and journalists. True. That is very, very true. It's almost <laughs> embarrassing. I, so. I would probably name it Picard. <laughs> just because. Just Picard. You can make it a Star Trek reference if you want, but I just think the name fits. How does that name fit? <laughs> How does it not? I don't, I, I'm not really a big Star Trek person, so I don't really know oh, who well, Picard is. I guess it makes that sense. That is the though. only instance that I've ever heard the name Picard, so I don't know how else. Hmm. Well, it makes more sense because it, it has a car in it. Ah. Yeah. So, so you're going to name something based on... Uh, something that's going to happen years down in its life. Yeah, for the sake of this pun, absolutely. So, like, we we really sh- should have named you, like, like Strucky or something, because, like, when he's 27, he's going to do a, podca- a podcast called Word Struck. This is getting way out of hand. <laughs> Before we kind of wrap up this chapter, let's talk a little bit about a uh, little Snapey poo Snape? Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Snape. So Snape finds them outside of... The castle, and they're kind of looking in and watching the sorting ceremony, and talking like mad trash about Snape. Yes, and it's great. Yeah. And um, and they're sitting there trying to think like, where's Snape? Like, like oh, I don't know. Maybe he got sacked. Like they're they're just like totally yeah. hating on Snape. And then he comes up behind them, and it is like, it is a very it's a very cinematic moment. It I is, felt. yeah, very cinematic. Um, and I wondered um, why on earth it was Snape. 
who found them. So we talked about this a little bit pre-show, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to what I said then. I think that it was Snape purely because that is what's most convenient for the author. I, I feel like the author needed to reintroduce Snape as this looming dark guy that's always, you know, always kind of keeping an eye on him, and he's very suspicious, and he doesn't like them, and um, he kind of has eyes on the back of his head, and he's the bad guy. And I feel like she just needed to really bring that in, but she couldn't really do that she needed to do it then right then because it's going to be a little bit before they get in trouble after this i think um because they're going to be kind of on high alert i guess now that i think about it um it is a good way to introduce him i was very frustrated because i was like "Ah." it doesn't make sense to me that he would be the one to to surrender his time at the at the banquet. I know mm-hmm. he loves punishing Harry. He yeah, loves that. Absolutely but, adores it. Like, did he volunteer for that at the beginning? <laughs> like, okay guys, I just saw the Daily Prophet. Like, we need someone to actually meet them and like detain them and do all this. He may have. <laughs> In which <laughs> he might be like, yep. Like, pick me. All about Cause, it. Because clearly McGonagall can't do it because she's the one who's in charge of the sorting ceremony. Yeah, no. So way. ordinarily she would be the one to accept them and do all of the disciplinary action, um, and that's why Snape has to go get her because he's not allowed to expel them apparently, which I think is weird that that falls to the house. Real weird. That's uh, definitely professors. I mean, I I would get like he's not allowed to expel because she's deputy head headmistress. Yeah, I would get yeah. that. I can't believe that the heads of house can expel their kids. That's a conflict of interest, too. I think. I think you're going to go out of your way to not expel unless you actually feel, like, super threatened. Yeah, I I feel like the head of house should be, in a lot of ways, an advocate for their kids. Yeah, Um, yeah. But then you have the confusion, the, the like mixed responsibility of McGonagall, who's also deputy head headmistress, and yeah. maybe that shouldn't fall to the same person. I don't know. Um, but anyway, I uh, was sitting there and thinking about like Snape, who's supposed to be sitting at the head table and like learning who his new first years are. Like, yeah, because he's head of house too. Yeah. Yeah, he's head head of Slytherin house, so there are like a seventh of his kids who yeah. he has to know who they are and now he has the task of trying to figure out who those names are and everything after that and granted it's Slytherin and houses like of all the houses like that one's probably like any names he recognizes from pure blood families those are probably mine yeah yeah <laughs> so I mean it it he'll figure out the whole sorting house thing yeah and if they were to send Gilderoy Lockhart what I don't think they know him well enough or trust him well enough to just be like, yeah, just go check on whatever that was. Or like, yeah, I think Lockhart maybe was announced at the ceremony as like, here are our new teachers. Yeah. That's why he couldn't go. But he is Defense Against the Dark Arts. So if that's like. And he wouldn't want to step away from the spotlight. They're not dark arts. They're not like. So they don't need to go send like someone to do that. So I think Snape kind of falls in my My best arguments are Hagrid and Filch. Hagrid is maybe still busy with first years, so that's why he couldn't. But yeah. Filch, like, he would have reveled in that. Like, ooh, I get to punish the kids, like, and we haven't even started the ceremony yet? Yes. But I don't think he would have argued for their expulsion. And it just wouldn't have been as interesting, though. We wouldn't have been able to see the dynamic between Snape and McGonagall and Dumbledore when they all have somewhat conflicting interests. We, we got to see this whole... Um, 
teacher's lounge aesthetic that we you know we got to see a lot of it in the first book but we get to see that again right back in there right from the get-go and we, we get, get a good see feel snape's office which is cool it is cool um, yeah it's really creepy to me that like okay you're caught and rather than going into like the warm hall and everything you instead mm-hmm. go way down into the dungeon into snape's office like that like is probably his most obvious place to take them there probably yeah. aren't many like antechambers that he can just keep them in or whatever. yeah no like that is I think he wanted house advantage for sure. I think he wanted to intimidate. House advantage and also like throw them off instantly. Mm -hmm, And, mm -hmm. and then there's, there's just like, uh, you have to bring them away from the joy as part of discipline. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's that too. So I, but I, I will, um, consent that, or I will relent that, um, it, it will be a long time for us to get another excuse to have a first introduction of Snape. Yeah. And yeah. without that, like even the whole next chapter, he's not mentioned, like rather than reintroducing him in his classroom, mm-hmm. we've already seen that. We've already met him there. And instead we get to meet a new professor in a new classroom. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, and we'll see Filch some other time. Filch. Two new, two new professors in two new classrooms. Sprout. Yeah, Professor Sprout and Professor Lockhart. We didn't have Professor Sprout last time? Uh, Because we we heard about Sprout. We heard about her. We never really saw her in action. Hmm. We never got to go to Herbology. Hmm. Well, that's all for next chapter. So, anyway, uh, that that is my frustration. But I I will uh, admit that it would be a long time and you really do have to introduce him early yeah gotta get snape in it he's kind of but i wanted i wanted an explanation i wanted like some sort of consequence or reference to consequence of like like him to just say like i'm missing the ceremony because of you you're missing the ceremony because of you but i'm missing the ceremony because of you yeah and that's not okay well i think the trade-off is i i think maybe that payoff was when um to snape like it looked like snape just missed christmas day or something like that there's a quote where it's like snape is so heartbroken like christmas was canceled yeah yeah because i think his trade-off was like yeah i'm gonna miss this ceremony but i get to see harry potter expelled i think he was stoked i think he was ready to hop out of that ceremony and sneak up behind him and and it was just all so sweet for him and this is so much better than he could have expected from the very first night it's like yes first night and i get this menace out of my way and then the payoff is gone but he, he has like, to save face because Dumbledore is the one to take him out. So it's like, not only does is Christmas canceled, but now he gets let out by Dumbledore because Dumbledore is hungry and wants to try some new tart. So, um, And Dumbledore is there, and he's, like, mega disappointed. Yeah, and that is, yeah. like, you kind of feel the power there of, like, okay, McGonagall is McGonagall, and, 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 like, why didn't you think that we would help you yeah, in this situation? Yeah. But then to just see Dumbledore and, like, I don't even... Does he even say anything? Yeah, he says some stuff. He says, like, one or two things. But it's just so, like... It is the ultimate, like, parental disappointment yeah, yeah. is so much more powerful than... And, and shaming and disheartening than actual, like, yelling and... Yeah. He's more just like, and wow, it, this is it's just first like, night. man... We, the, our last Dumbledore experience was, like, he's gleeful that his Gryffindors won, and, like, we see him, it, like, trying the, the earwax birdie bots every flavor yeah, paints, and yeah. he's great. He's this, like, bouncy character on the page, and then our first 
reintroduction to him is this like oof that's powerful yeah i mean first page of the newspaper is uh that that put me down too especially if i was friends with people in the ministry yeah so i think i think he could see the long-term implications far better than those two could Mm -hmm. so anyway favorite quotes favorite quotes you're gonna go first please i am gonna go first please uh let's see what did i write down here Da, 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 da. page 75 so i i like the anthropomorphizing of the tree for I one that too where he puts up his dukes uh but in this case i just want to talk about the car where the car has been anthropomorphized a little bit because it responds to vocal commands and you're like okay this car is a little more than it looks to be uh but <laughs> On page 70, whoa, 75, sorry, <clears throat> it says, the car, however, had reached the end of its tether. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's pretty funny, because the car is like, enough, enough, enough. I have had it. I've had it. I'm <laughs> out of here. I'm kicking all y'all out. You can walk from here. I don't care. And it did kick them out. Um, I also think... To kind of go along with this, the car kicking them out in the final thing, I think this chapter could have been named um, Hedwig's No Good, Very Bad Day. Be- oh, because- poor Hedwig. Because seriously, Hedwig just like got rammed into the platform wall on the, like, rolled onto the floor of this train station, is rolling around squawking, and everybody's like, what's going wrong? And Hedwig's like, ah, this is so bad. And then they put him back into this car. And then they crash into Whomping Willow. The thing is smashing. The thing ends. Uh, uh, poor Hedwig. This whole time I'm like, Hedwig, they owe you such a big, delicious rap for this. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that um, that they that they treat Hedwig. Or that Hedwig zabs them with lightning and we're all even. Sorry, I had to throw that in at least once an episode. So what was your favorite quote? That was, I marked that one because I was like, I love it so much. It's good, so it's good stuff. Um, but the other one that I marked is a little lengthy, um, but it's it's when Snape walks up behind them. Mm. And so despite the fact that I had problems with it, I still really loved the writing of this. <laughs> yeah. So they're like looking in at the feast and, and they see Snape's missing. They're like, oh, why is Snape missing? And so here's their speculation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, Maybe he's ill, said Ron, hopefully. This is page 77, by the way, and it jumps over to page 78. Maybe he's left, said Harry, because he missed out on Defense Against the Dark dark Arts job again. <laughs> or he might have been sacked, said Ron enthusiastically. I mean, everyone hates him. Or maybe, said a very cold voice right behind them, he's waiting to hear why you two didn't arrive on the school train. <laughs> and it's just, like, so... It's It's cutesy, but it's, like... I love how they're, like, just gleeful at the fact that Snape's not there. And, yeah, like, yeah. coming up with all of these, like, like, ooh, maybe he's sick. Ooh, maybe he left. Ooh, maybe he's sacked. Like, let's just <laughs> let's really just keep layering it follow on. this fantasy yeah. as far down the road as we can kick it. And nope. And it, it was just a very satisfying back and forth for me yeah. to read. Like you said, also very cinematic. Also mm-hmm. very cheesy. Mm-hmm. I read it and I'm like, rolling... This is a cheese ball moment. I loved it. Yeah. It I works. Also, it works. I also loved the, the car, though. I loved the car, like, drove away angrily at the end of that. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah. <laughs> you tell him. <laughs> <sighs> so, on to chapter six. 
Gilderoy Lockhart. Gilderoy Lockhart. So in this chapter, chapter six, um, Ron is publicly shamed mm-hmm. with a howler from his mother. Mm-hmm. And then we meet our first real life Hufflepuff Woo! during Herbology. I was very excited for that. I was very excited too. Yeah. And then Lockhart chastises Harry for his attention grabbing. Mm-hmm. And then Lockhart runs out of defense against the dark arts after unleashing pixies on the class. Yeah, real mean pixies. Uh, not your standard pixies. I mean, all pixies are mean. Sorry, not to Cornish just Cornish like, pixies. Yeah, Cornish pixies. Uh, yeah. So a lot happens in this chapter. Um, a lot of a lot of uh, interesting new classrooms. I feel like like we get to see Lockhart and we get to see Herbology. We get to see the the greenhouse and. I really like now after we've talked about Snape and why we introduce him, why we meet him when we do. Mm-hmm. Like it's we don't have to see Flitwick's classroom. We've been there. We don't yep. have to see McGonagall's classroom, and we don't have to see Snape's. Those are the three I think that yeah, we've seen. Yeah. And so we get, and I th- we kind of saw Quarles, but yeah. new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher and Herbology, which loved the greenhouse scene. Oh my gosh. With the mandrakes? The, with the mandrakes, but like, I love. I loved... guess baby drakes. Oh, uh. man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I loved, I loved the like, how wild everything felt. Yeah, yeah. In, in that greenhouse, um, and how completely like, uh, Professor, um, I'm blanking. Sprout? Professor Sprout is like smacking the like, creeping, crawling plants that yeah. are approaching her and it's all sorts feeding of like season. Yeah. yes it was just great but um my first question for you is uh so ron gets a howler mm-hmm. and it's this letter that yells at him and uh how on earth uh so th- th- there's this reference where like neville neville's explaining to them like oh you better open that like i got one for my grand once and it did not go well mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, and I was wondering, when on earth, what would Neville have to do to get a howler? And if he got a howler, how is it possible that Harry and Hermione are unaware of what this thing is? Because the point is public shaming. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we hadn't seen one yet. So if Neville got one, it, it I mean, it's not exclusive to Hogwarts. It could have happened at any time in his life. It's you not, know? but he lives with his gran. That's true. Uh, what would he get a howler for? Uh probably like forgetting his school uniform at his previous school like a whole bunch or just like just forgetting something that was really important Poor Neville. yeah like forgetting a hamster out in the sun you know that happened to my guinea pig i lost a guinea pig from heat stroke it died that's so sad it was my parents fault too they um it was it was I, I, it wasn't was my birthday but it was close. my guinea pig was named muffin mm. and i feel like a lot of people can probably hack my accounts now <laughs> <laughs> social uh anyway you probably shouldn't have said that <laughs> i'll just like censor it <laughs> 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 no um but oh. it was like i was having a bunch of friends over and for some reason my parents thought it'd be like oh well we'll take the guinea pig cage out and let it have some fresh air too it's a nice day why not and they put it in the shade underneath the deck and um for several hours and the shade moved 
to where it was no longer in the shade. It was in direct sunlight on a hot you summer day. You had a cooked muffin? Yeah, cooked muffin. I probably shouldn't make that joke about your <laughs> dead pet, but... It was baked, rather. <laughs> like... it, yeah, it was a lot more baked than it was cooked. That's okay. We had a nice little uh, funeral for it. I, I played the, the funeral song on a crappy little guitar that I made my dad carry a long ways. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so how did we get there? Uh, what would Neville do to get a howler? Neville probably left his guinea pig out in the sun. Yeah, probably. I think he probably led to the death and or just just a real bad thing just from his forgetfulness. And they're like, maybe we'll try this howler thing one time and see if maybe that will help him remember. And it didn't. And they probably felt kind of bad for doing it because Neville's such a sweet boy. But they're like, maybe we've got we've to gotta show him that he can't just keep forgetting things. I just, I can't believe that. I mean, I know his, his gran is kind of a harsh person, mm-hmm. so we've learned. Um, but I, I can't believe that it would come to, like, that rage. It's yeah. like, I'm going to publicly shame you with rage over this. I believe that, like, I believe that Mrs. Weasley sent this to Ron. She's a redhead. She's, she's got oh, some she fire had, in her. Yeah, she had this in the top drawer. She had this in her sock drawer. And, like, this is an expellable day. offense, as we talked about. And so, like, yeah. of course. And, like, the, the an, uh, again, with the um, real-world consequences for their actions, like, not only are they like getting detention and like they're in the paper and all this stuff but mm-hmm. also like Mr. Weasley's facing an inquiry at work which is a yeah, yeah. it's a real world consequence that that goes beyond school and they're not used to thinking about that and it's- and the fact that he has an inquiry against him is is really bad that's really bad that's he's the one who like took that car and and yeah. Then so, probably messed with it. And, like, yeah. that's his job is on the line. Definitely messed that with it. That is not okay. And so, like, yeah, it's it's definitely merited. But I'm trying to picture a time when Neville would do anything to uh, that degree that that's merited. Yeah. I think, again, it was just, it was just an attempt to see if maybe that would work. Yeah. And it didn't. And that's okay. And they probably not. never did it again. But uh, the message stuck that howlers are a very bad thing. Yeah. Uh, I think there's got to be some sort of self-destruct thing on there where it's like, upon delivery, they need to open it within however many minutes or it's going to just start howling anyway. Because otherwise he could just take it into his loft, you know, and like everyone in the Gryffindor house could hear it, but not everyone at the... Well, that was hall. that was part of what Neville said. He's like, "You better open it." I waited once, and it did not go well. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, there's Apparently a reference to like it's it's like explosive and painful, and who knows what. Like, I wonder if it gets physically violent with. I'm him. excited to see if the movie has that. I I think it would make for a good movie moment, but we'll see. So, um, so we get that, and then the next thing I think is we go to herbology. Yeah, with the baby Drakes and the puffs. The puffs. Oh, I love that. There's a double class with Hufflepuffs. Uh, you you posted a thing on, I believe, our Twitter feed or maybe your personal Twitter feed, um, Twitter.com/slash/wordstarkpod. Uh, anyway, <laughs> about how like different houses would handle a closed door. Yes, and it's I like loved this, that. Yeah, it's like the Slytherins would pick the lock, the Ravenclaws would like look for a key, the Gryffindors would kick out, and the Hufflepuffs would knock. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sounds about right. It sounds about right. I take a little bit of issue with the Gryffindor one because I'm like, I don't think Hermione would kick a door down. No. She would find the key. Yeah, but she also... 
Or she'd pick the lock. She'd be a very good lock pick. She's yeah. little Miss Alohomora Alo- over there. This is locked. I'm getting in anyway. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's true. But I think that's the thing about Gryffindors. It's kind of, you know, they could be in any other house, but they're in Gryffindor because they chose it. I mean, that, at least that's your headcanon. So it's like, yeah, she totally would make sense as a Ravenclaw, but she's not. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, but I, I did like that little quote thing. Um, so it was good to see the Hufflepuffs. I completely forgot the name of the Hufflepuff that they meet. Justin Finch Fletchley. Mm. Which, by the way, yes, I don't think there's anything more Hufflepuff than hyphenating. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> it's like indecisive. It's fluffy. Um, it's it's respect for both sides, and like we're all a part of the family. It's fine. And surnames, who cares? Yeah. Like, like let's let's just remember everyone's surnames. Like. <laughs> There are probably some Hufflepuff families that have like five Such hyphens. long names. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Probably. And I was just like, there's, there's nothing more Hufflepuff than that. I love it. So what's your impression of Justin Finch Fletchley? I didn't even remember his name. So honestly, it didn't make a huge impression on me. Um, no? It could just be because I didn't get to him when I, uh, on the read through, I didn't get all the way back to him when I reread this. Uh, I remember him seeming like a nice guy. I, I want to see him on the big screen. I think that he may have that same Oliver Wood charm. We'll I see. Can see that. He seems like a charming guy, you know? And that's why I just feel like, yeah, he's likable. Uh, if he's even in the movie. I have a strange feeling this character might just not even exist in the movie. He's just the he's the just... vague representation of Hufflepuff. Yeah, he's the token puff. Uh, I feel like there's a Snoop Dogg reference in there that I'm just not getting, but there's got to be something. You'll get there, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> middle of the night, I'll wake up and be like, got it. I I so, think he was fascinating. I, I really like enjoyed getting to know Justin in this chapter. Yeah. Um, he didn't really leave much of an impression on me when I was a kid, but this time around I was like, you are a muggle-born must have been muggle-born yeah absolutely muggle-born because um, he was in line to go to eaton college which is a um boarding school for boys only so so it was one of it's, didn't know that okay. i I've, i did some research because it's like i don't know any, like i don't get this reference and i know that like it's specifically picked so what hmm. is it telling me yeah so um it's boys only boarding school it's the 18th oldest uh, in the headmasters and headmistresses conference, which is a, a thing, hmm, okay. um, it's one of four remaining boys-only public schools. Hmm. The others are Harrow, Radley, and Winchester, hmm. and it's the sixth most. Also, a good name for a Whomping Willow. Yes, Winchester, the Whomping Willow. I like yeah. it. Yeah, Winnie was the win kind yeah, of. A... There you go. Um, sixth most expensive HMC boarding school, hmm. and that calculates to. Uh, in the last acad- academic year, it was almost twelve thousand pounds per term. Wow, four terms. There are three terms, so that's like thirty. Yeah, that's. That? Uh, it's like thirty-five thousand pounds per term, which. Yeah, it's that's insane. a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely insane. Um, and nineteen prime ministers have graduated from Eton. Hmm. And it was founded in 1440 by King Henry VI. Wow. So I was just like, I wanted some context. It was like, she picked this and 
to a British audience, it means something. But to yeah. me, it means nothing. That's like even more prestigious than a Harvard or a Yale. Yeah. It's like, those are great. They've been around for 150 years, maybe. It's maybe longer. Longer than that, I but think. But it's nothing compared to 600 years. So an Eton College is, it's a boarding school. So it's it's not like university. It's, yeah, yeah. It's a Hogwarts equivalent. Which is why the price is even more ridiculous. Yeah. So it, it's... And he's talking about it so, like, offhandedly. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, you know, I could have gone to Eton, but, you know. But instead, I, I'm a wizard. Like, the, par- <laughs> the parents are totally understanding the value of having an educated wizard now that I've, like, done a year. It's great. And and that was also interesting to me. The, like, my parents are finally understanding the value of it. And the way he said it, it was like he could have declined to go to Hogwarts. Yeah, yeah. And I'm wondering if that's true. Or if he's just thinking about, you know, like, if I hadn't been magic, like, it would have been this other thing. I'm wondering if you are a muggle-born who is, like, completely untrained and not in the magic world, Uh if you are allowed to go untrained. Whoa, this just got into uh, X-Men territory. (laughs) Yeah, it's... It's, like, way deep into school for gifted. Like, Harry, who was making weird things happen all the time and unleashing snakes, and, like, Mm -hmm. his magic was unruly. Could he actually have legally gone untrained? So is Hogwarts just a containment facility dressed as a school? Find out in next week's episode. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that's a good question. Um, What do you think? I I don't know. I don't think they can force someone to do it. I mean, maybe they could, but it'd be a pretty dark take on Hogwarts or a dark take on the wizard world. I mean, if the Ministry of Magic just, what, black bags him? Puts a bag over his head and drags him, and all of a sudden he's going to wizard school? I, uh, that'd be... That's an alternate timeline. That's something that, like... It, it'd be curious to play that out, and I feel like Dan could probably write a pretty good screenplay around that concept. Uh, but for now, I'm going to say that it, that they had the freedom to do what they wanted. I feel like at a certain point, uh, Hogwarts... Or, sorry, the wizard world knows that, like, at a certain point, they're going to start wondering... Or they're going to cause a big enough problem that someone's just going to show up at their door and be like, hey, we noticed some pretty big things have been happening. How about we have a little talk? And, and I feel like they would just be very persuasive. And I feel like they would make the person feel like it really is like, cool. So obviously you have these things. How about we help you with that? And how about maybe we bring this whole thing into your life and it's great and they sell it as this awesome thing that will make this person's life so much better and they'd be stupid not to take it. Which, I mean, arguably is all true. Yeah. I mean, it, it's clearly a wonderful world that is like hidden to them and really interesting and alluring and but i feel like in this canon it is strictly voluntary there's nobody black begging wizards and making them come into it just i just wonder like i i know we sort of came up against that in sorcerer's stone with the dursleys being like no he won't go but that wasn't the kid choosing not to go yeah yeah and and it was them speaking out of fear and it just and hogwarts did completely ignore that too Yes, they did. They're but, like, no, he's coming right now. But We're then, kicking your door down. Do they listen to the kid in this respect, or is it like, like if those had been his actual parents, hmm. would and they'd said no, would they have done differently? It's just yeah, it, this it's, is darkest timeline stuff. It, it's an yeah. interesting concept, yeah. and and it's a Hufflepuff who brought me there. So there we go. Um, <laughs> so I, I guess yeah, he does bring about interesting questions, but he didn't strike me. I think 
he's just a good way to introduce us to all the tropes of a Hufflepuff. I think they describe him as bright, as happy, as cheerful. He makes everybody smile, including Hermione. He knows just how to suck up to everyone, and well, except for Ron, because he just reminds him of the car thing when it's a little well, too soon, buddy, uh, with the howlers. But other than that, he's super likable, um, and the class itself is interesting. I, th- I think this guy will probably go on to be a prefect of some sorts, or at least head of house. Why else even give him a name? Uh, I think he'll be... We'll, we'll see more of this guy, eventually. Do you think we'll see him again in this book? I... Ooh. Ooh, something just came to my mind. He is just likable enough that if he got turned to stone, people would care. Mm. You know? They're like, oh, man, we really liked that guy. He didn't actually serve any major function, and we're not really going to miss not having him around, uh, just for, like, the plot's sake. But he would be a great person to... Uh, what's the term? Fridge? Ice? Yeah fridge what is it called when you off a character just to further the motivations of others i think that's fridging i think that's right yeah like quicksilver and um avengers Mm -hmm. anyway so i think that we will see him again maybe as stone maybe as someone that helps them get out of a fix or out of a bind uh who knows but the mandrakes uh in the class kind of weird me out dude not gonna lie like like a baby thing in the ground with with the plant coming out of it like first of all if that's a baby drake what does a man drake look like is is does the baby how big does it get how big does it get does it turn into like this fully formed Groot thing uh and if so it's this fully formed Groot thing that is completely underground at all times what does it do how does how does it pull enough nutrients for that there's a lot of questions here or does it just stay as a baby but its cries get stronger what is the purpose of mandrakes? Can't we kill them all? They seem quite dangerous. Do they harvest the mandrakes? Well, I think she talks about... Uh, Hermione gives the, like... Uh, this is their... Purpose. Mm. Mandrake forms an essential part of most antidotes. Oh, yeah. There we go. You got it. So, most antidotes. Hmm. So... You know how there's kind of that that question of like, who's the first person to look at a cow's udder and be like, man, I should really squeeze that and drink whatever comes out? Who's the first person to look at a screaming, murderous baby thing in the ground and be like, hmm, maybe I'll pluck something from that and and, and try to make an antidote? I would bet one person died or one, one person died. Someone else had their ears covered or whatever mm-hmm. and killed the mandrake. That was clearly the reason that someone else died. Yeah. And like in the process was like kind of passed out or something because mm-hmm. the screams got to it and like passed out on the mandrake and then like <laughs> like woke up with the mouthful got of got some liquid and like woke up really fast or something yeah, yeah. it's like hmm. that was gross but it seemed to work let's try it out <laughs> yeah it, it seems risky uh i with the earmuffs um there's got to be a spell to repress hearing as well right that they could also do probably yeah earmuffs i'm just like that's a good precaution but i bet that's not what the professor uses all the time oh probably not but like it is herbology it's not charms yeah it's true so she's not gonna be like all right let's cast she's like that's fourth year stuff so yeah but the herbology thing the mandrakes it is interesting uh it's just weird I, i don't know what to think about that class it is interesting it's fun i don't know how it's gonna play into the plot I don't know if we'll see Mandrakes again. Maybe. Maybe that's how you kill the Basilisk. Its glare can kill, so you counter it with a voice that can kill. 
Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Interesting theory. Yeah. We'll hmm. see. That's assuming there's a basilisk, which you still refuse to deny. So, anyway, Gilderoy. When have I ever denied anything? Let's be honest. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you still let me believe that there wasn't even going to be a giant snake until, you know, a couple books from now. I went down the road of Hedwig shooting lightning. <laughs> oh, you, you upped the ante. I did. Because <laughs> it's going to happen. Anyway, uh, so, Gilderoy Lockhart. I, yes. I'm, I'm kind of already done with him, man. Yeah. Maybe I'm just grouchy this episode. Maybe because I, I I feel like I went. He's off a on... frustrating person. Ugh. I was like I was done with him the last episode. I was yeah. like, my gosh, like this guy is so self-important. What a ham. Um, and I completely forgot about a character when I was making my notes. Um, oh, mm-hmm. Col- Colin Creevy, who is I part of. I have no idea who that is. No, Colin Creevy is the one who comes up and he oh. wants a photo. He wants oh, a photo with yeah. Harry. Oh, yeah, that whole thing. So, like, that's what brings Lockhart over to him, is Colin's like, hi, oh, my gosh, I'm a Gryffindor. How's it going? <laughs> Annoying first year at you. Uh, and <laughs> I hope he gets turned to stone so fast. I hope that he's, like, the first one to go. And I'm just like, thank goodness. That guy was too much. That's the only way you can stop talking. Uh, <laughs> like, so that's my guess. Colin Creedy, stone, please. <laughs> So, um, Colin comes up and he wants a photo and Lockhart, like, forces Harry to take a photo with him. Which is not what Colin wanted. And not what Harry wanted. Harry is like, I want to say no to this. But instead, Lockhart comes in and makes it all about himself again Mm -hmm. and then decides he's going to take Harry, like, out of class, out of herbology, to chastise him for asking for it yeah completely reading the situation wrong screwing like this do you guy... think he's reading the situation wrong oh yeah or do you think he's just like inserting himself and trying to make it look like he's not inserting himself i think one thing needs to another like he's inserting himself thereby completely ruining the foundation of the premise like it by inserting himself and making it so it's somehow about him he's reading the situation wrong because it's not about him it's a separate situation. I think he could be looking at the situation and like he sees that Harry doesn't want this and he's like like not only am I going to like you know make sure everyone here loves me. Yeah. Completely I'm, make this call on kids like, day. Yeah. Like I'm going to blame it on this kid. Yeah. <laughs> like if it goes flat it's this kid's fault. I think, yeah, and I mean, he does kind of tell Harry, he's like, man, I really helped, I saved you back there, because you were about to look real like bad. He postures in, in front of people, but also one-on-one, and it's yeah. like, that's what makes me think he's completely delusioned. And Oh, and... yeah, because it's a totally artificial chumminess, too. Like, him, him and Harry do not have the rapport to be, um... No, ugh, he's so frustrating. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really prepared for more of this person and i know what's coming so i'm just like oh uh, yeah it's gonna put this whole situation on lockdown <sighs> gilderoy lockhart i do think and and maybe i don't know i know it's no fun for me to guess this far ahead especially because i just have a hunch that it's right but like defense against the dark arts this guy if there is this giant basilisk running around turning people into stone he's probably going to be the like brave hero to step up and try to stop it Whereas maybe he's the one who released it in the first place. And the whole thing is just a way to make him look really good. 
And again, I'm not trying to like spoil the ending by guessing too much into it, and I could be completely wrong. But that feels like something that he would do. It's kind of a quarrel situation all over again. Yeah, yeah, with the troll thing. Well, not to, not the troll thing. But... Yeah, with the troll thing. Like yeah. he he let the troll out as kind of a diversion so he could go do other things. Yeah. So it's a re- repeat of that. I don't know if Gilderoy has an ulterior motive except for self promotion in this case though so far he does not have a uh book on a um basilisk yeah i'm trying to think of a title that would be good a a to banish a basilisk um that's a good one what what were the other titles i all the only one i remember is a year with the yeti and it's like a winter with a werewolf or something like that Uh, so it's like it's a time frame yeah yeah that he does so his would be um I want to find the other ones. Oh, Break with a Banshee. Oh, there's already a B one. Gadding with Ghouls. Mm. Holidays with Hags. Travel Trolls. <laughs> Voyages with Vampires. Wanderings with Werewolves. And Year with the Yeti. So. Barefoot Basilisk. A cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mm. man. To, to bait a basilisk. <laughs> I could totally see him being like, not only am I going to go deal with that basilisk, mm-hmm. I'm going to bait it. I'm going to pull it out from wherever it's mm-hmm. like killing people or whatever. What did you say they do? Turning people into stone with their glare. Hmm. It's pretty much like, so So as far as my understanding is, so if you were to take Medusa, <clears throat> you know, Gorgon, Medusa. and She's got like snaky hairs. Oh, yeah, she, yeah. Does she, and have, does she have mini basilisks? Well, yeah, if you were to just shave her. And you were to take all those shavings and just kind of let them loose as the, all these little snakes. Uh, that was a disgusting image. Right? <laughs> like, it's a disgusting feature. So I, but it's I don't. okay. I wouldn't have to look at it very long because she's Medusa, so I would be turned to stone. Yeah, I think, but it, it would just be all the individual snakes turning into stone, which does lead to a question of: Is the basilisk? Will he have a bunch of mini snakes? that will report to him, that will be a part of him, that are also dangerous, and, like, they'll follow snake the snakes. Snake scouts. Snake scouts, yeah. Because the cover kind of shows a bunch of snakes. Uh, whereas, in my mind, the basilisk was one large... And, and a mm. basilisk isn't necessarily a snake. I believe your catchphrase is giant snake, not large. Giant, giant snake. snake. You're right, giant snake. <laughs> giant snake. Very, very large giant snake. Uh, so, yeah, to bait a basilisk, to brave a basilisk... Uh, the bravest basilisk or my favorite barefoot basilisk (laughs) i'm still sticking by that so uh where are the feet where are the feet barefoot with basilisks Ooh, barefoot with basilisks uh beach holiday with basilisks (laughs) 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 well enough of that (laughs) on to so uh, so we get to, uh, we, we see Lockhart with Colin Creevy, and then we also see Lock, Lockhart in his classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he spends, like, 50 minutes of the, like, hour-long class or whatever on a quiz that is all, like, a personality Oh, I wanted to punch him in the face so hard. Of Lockhart. Yeah. And, and I could not believe how pompous he was in that, like, he's going through and, like, actually scanning people's answers and being like, oh. Bless you, Miss Granger, for knowing every little detail. Full marks, five points, Gryffindor, yes, yes. Which um, is, uh, first of all, this is the first time that Hermione passing a quiz with flying colors isn't actually a good thing. I think she might lose social capital from that, or political capital. 
I still get the sense that the girls are all smitten. Yeah, yeah. I get the sense that they haven't figured out that this guy's a smarmy douchebag. Which is really too bad. It's, they're 12. That's they don't, true. It's hard to read There's that smarmy phase. dudes when you're 12. Um, but uh, I just, I, I think it's it's interesting that he spends, it's not interesting, it's frustrating that he spends... Like, almost all of class time. Like, everyone, tell me what you know about me. Yeah, do, and, do tell. And then he's, he's like, okay, now here's some pixies. I'm going to teach you zero things about how to deal with them and just release them on you. And What could possibly go wrong? And then yeah, he his spell that he does doesn't really work. It kind of sounded like when uh, Ron tried to do that spell to turn his uh, rat a different color. Or yeah. Whatever it was. Pesky, pixie peskernobi or something yeah where it's like really yeah really are you just trying to come up with like jedi jedi names or something yeah and yeah and then once everyone flees mm-hmm. he's like well um you guys got this and he runs too and it's yeah. like dude like way to lose control of your classroom i guess this... and leave the mess to a bunch of second years like... yeah yeah it it's a bad thing and it's a bad sign. And the fact that they even mentioned it, they're like, I don't know if he knows what he's doing. Like foreshadowing much, really. Uh, which leads me to wonder, what kind of vetting does Hogwarts do? Like, I know there was a huge PR thing where they're like, okay, the last defense against the Dark Arts guy was like literally kind Voldemort. Kind of Voldemort. Uh... Yeah. He, he was full of Voldemort. Awkward. Yeah. So it's like, I know they're trying to save face, and the fact that this guy stepped in grants them the perfect opportunity to where it's like, no, look, we have got the best of the best. He is loved. He is revered. He has all this experience. But you think at some point they'd be like, okay, but actually show us show us you doing something. Just tell us about a spell. Like, you think there'd be some kind of quiz of like, is any of this actually true? Are you who you say you are? And have you done what you say you were going to do? And maybe he is. Maybe he is. Maybe I'm completely underestimating him because, I, I mean, there's a bit of cognitive dissonance here where it's like, well, he clearly doesn't know what he's doing. But at the same time, I'm saying that he's also controlling a basilisk. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Where, where do you sit in this camp? Yeah. Either he's really, really good at this or he's a total fraud. Um, I'm going to go with uh, he wants to be underestimated by certain people. Mm. I, I think he wants to be of course he cares a lot about his image he's he wants to be con. he's working the long con oh yeah this this guy is totally working the long con because he wants everybody to take him super seriously and love and adore him but i think he wants to be underestimated by at least a few people and and i think he's just being pretty selective about that where he's like no i don't want to show everybody quite what i'm capable of yet so who in that room is he trying to or maybe not in Mostly that room. Mostly Harry Potter. <laughs> he just wants Harry to think, like, Harry's got the upper hand, actually. Yeah, I, I think he just wants to be, like, that lovable uncle. I'm going to take care of you and show you what I know. Except he doesn't take care of him. He leaves Harry to deal with the pixies. Yeah, but it's under the guise of, like, I know you got this. We had that talk. I totally trust you. I don't know. I... I guess I'm still trying to figure this guy out. And and they're giving us a lot to work with, and we're seeing a lot about who he is. But it's clear. Like, it, it is so clear that he's not who he says he's going to be, or there's going to be a twist here, and it's going to be about this guy. I, I have no doubt. How else? Why even introduce him? 
Why would this character be just like who he is at face value? Because our last defense against the dark arts teacher was Voldemort. Yeah, exactly. So there is a twist. Yeah. So well, it's like, that's why they spend so much time on him. So I feel like that's got to be why this guy's getting so much time too. I think he's an attention grabber. And no, whether if you create this character, he's going to grab attention no matter how important he is to the story. That's true. But I don't think Rowling would let someone chew this much scenery unless, unless there is going to be a, a pretty big payoff. So we'll see. Uh, Interesting. I just, like I said, I don't think Voldemort's going to be in this book. So we do need somebody with some type of ulterior motive. I think he's got to be the guy. Um, Snape, I think that payoff comes way later. Snape being the bad guy, but maybe he's the good guy, but he's conflicted. I don't know. I think the Snape thing's not going to be in this book either. We have a lot more books to go. So I think Gilderoy Lockhart, he's our bad guy. There's going to be a twist. He's really, he knows something we don't. And the pixie thing was just kind of a misdirection. It was it's a red just, herring. It's a red herring. Exactly. Yeah. So I have one other question for you. Yes. Um, and it's about Ron's broken wand. Oh. And, and I was I was watching this and I have a problem with it. Hmm. If Ron breaks his wand and yes. it is basically an unsafe tool because he uses it. I forget when he uses it. I think in transfiguration i mm-hmm. think they're in that and yeah. he does something and it like, keeps uh, harry can't remember how to do things and and ron's struggling to do some magic too and it's like turning, that summer slide turning yeah. like a button to a, a something i don't know they're remember. trying to make buttons, a beetle to a button beetle to That's a button what it was. Yeah. which is cruel question mark uh eh. or maybe how cars get personified is they start out as something else and buttons <laughs> get personified because they're actually beetles could be um, that's how they have characteristics at all. Hmm. Um, so Ron's working on this, and it's, like, volatile. He's, like, blowing things up because yeah. his wand is broken and is just, like, wrapped around and fixed with some tape. Like, no big deal. Um, tape, by the way. Hilarious. Hilarious. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, and I just have to wonder how it is that Hogwarts doesn't have, like, some little like emergency wands for when something like this happens like or how they can't be like you need to get a new wand yeah i do not care how you do it but you need to replace this because this is actually unsafe i think uh if this problem were to continue they do have that sort of system in place i think this is just the first time he's even tried honestly like if it continues to be a problem throughout the whole book then I'll totally, yeah, what's with that? Why don't, really? There's no just, like, basic wand that's neutral? That, like, you know, it's not a great wand, but it's not going to, like, blow everything up. It'll be like riding a crappy Clean Sweep 2000 or whatever. Clean clean Sweep 500, that's what it is. Look, the Clean Sweep 500! Yeah, it could be like that. I... Like like a a really terrible school-issue wand for in the event of catastrophe. And... I feel like McGonagall would perceive that need after seeing Broken Wand first night mm-hmm. and then seeing it in action. I feel like she'd like scold him or reach out to him in some some way and let him know like this is not okay. Yeah. But also like if it gets to the point that this thing is not okay, like you we have a filler in and you need to reach out to your parents and figure this out. Yeah, I'm going to chalk this up to Rowling still being a relatively young writer. I I think that, at the time, I think that she needs his wand to be broken 
for something. And it's not just, he's not just going to get a replacement wand or whatever. Like the, the fact that his wand is broken, much like Gilderoy Lockhart being who he is and chewing up so much scenery, it's going to, it matters for the book and what she wants to do with the book. And I know that's like, you don't like hearing that where it's like, well, the author put it there because the author needs it to be there. Cause that's not a good excuse, but I think that's true. That's if, if I, they just gave him a, like a, I don't have a problem with things having meaning. I have a problem with them with natural questions that arise. Yeah. Not being answered. And I think this is another instance of that where, like I said, I don't know if it continues to be a problem because I I haven't read the next set of chapters yet. So it's like, but if it continues to be a problem where he just has this broken wand for most of the term, I completely agree. That makes no sense. That's dangerous. That's a hazard. And it might be like, you know, a first wand is kind of like a first car where it's like, yeah, if your first car can be this great newer car, great. It'll last you for a long time. Great. It's probably going to be a clunker. Probably going to be a clunker. Might get broken within the first thing because you don't really know how to handle it, what to do with it. So it's like, yeah, it is chosen specifically for you by this champion. Probably pretty expensive. But do we really expect it to last all four years? Well, and Ron's is a hand-me-down. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So like his doesn't even didn't even choose the wizard necessarily. So it might have been he might have had problems with it all through the last book and it just yeah. wasn't worth mentioning. Man, if we uh, if we see another Christmas in this book, he's totally going to get a new wand. I feel like that's probably going to happen in the last like two or three chapters. Maybe maybe that new wand will help him defeat uh whatever the enemy is, but I it'll probably come after. I think it'll probably be like some rewarding payoff like yay, good things and then it'll just keep raining down, raining down. Oh, on top of all these good things, celebration, also you get a new wand. Uh we'll see though. I think the broken wand needs to be there because at some point Ron needs to cast a spell and it's not gonna work as intended and that's going to be a point of conflict. Anyway, so this chapter what happened sets up Gilderoy Lockhart as the inevitable twist. Uh, we get to see botany. I think if people are being turned into stone because of some... Herbology, not botany. Botany is the muggle term, mister. Oh, there we go. Uh, herbology. I, I feel like herbology was probably introduced as a way to introduce the fact that there are cures for ailments found through botany or herbology. And that will probably be one of the ways that they try and fix the whole people turning to stone thing. They're probably going to resort to something from that classroom. And that'll be fun. Um, so if other people have suggested... Wait, oh, wait. Favorite quotes. Favorite quotes. Uh, <laughs> let's do it. Favorite quotes. You go first this time. Uh, my favorite quote is on page 91. Mm-hmm. And it is, despite how obnoxious it is, it is Lockhart chastising Harry. Mm. Um, and he says, he's, he's talking to him about this, like, you know... You, you've, you've got to, like, chill out, kid. Like, you will have your time. And then he says, in fact, I'd say I was even just as much of a no- nobody as... <laughs> or I was... He, he's talking about I was a huge nobody when you were... When I was your age. In fact, I would say I was even more of a nobody. I mean, a few people have heard of you, haven't they? Oh, yeah. All that business with he who must not be named... He glanced at the lightning scar on Harry's forehead. I know, I know, it's not quite as good as winning Witch Weekly's most charming smile award five times in a row, as I have. But it's a start, Harry. It's a start. (sighs) It's just such a distance. Harry literally defeated the Dark Lord twice. And somehow it's like, well, but you don't have the best smile in this stupid magazine. I'm 
I'm like, you are so disconnected from reality, my friend. I love that he even used the pretentious name for Voldemort. You must not be named. Yeah. Not yeah. you know who. Like, I'm everything that I do has to have more words than what it should have. Yep. <laughs> like, it was reading that quote where I think that was the exact moment where I'm like, I'm done with this guy. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Goodbye, Gilderoy. I hope you, uh, you're going to get what's coming to you for what you just said there. It is so, I like scoffed out loud when i read that and i think that uh, it's a good it's a good quote if it can like actually elicit a vocal reaction it has legs for sure yes yeah that was my favorite quote what's yours (sighs) i guess mine is uh just a a, a little reveal of the humanity of hermione on page 95 Mm -hmm. and i guess i could read the direct quote but Why, demanded Ron, seizing her schedule, have you outlined all Lockhart's lessons in little hearts? <laughs> it is a nice detail. Mm-hmm. It is and a nice detail. Hermione snatched the schedule back, blushing furiously. I just, I can just see Ron being like, wait, hold up. Why? Why? Because when you picture Hermione's notes, you don't picture doodles. No. You picture notes uh, and notes and notes and the margins filled in meticulous small print. Yeah, neat handwriting. Like what we saw in the letter that mm-hmm. he never got to read from Dobby, who we still need to see, apparently. Anyway, uh, he'll be back. But instead, Hermione is doodling hearts, <sighs> which is hilarious. So we got to see this little bit of Hermione caught off guard. Uh, Hermione is being uncool, but also Hermione running with the pack, where it's like she's on the same level as all these. She might think that she's above and more studious, more focused than all these girls. Um but she's fangirling with the best but of them. But she's fangirling with the best of them. I love the notion of she's not like aimlessly doodling like she's daydreaming. Mm, nope. But like she is very specifically placing those hearts. And like there's there's like a yeah methodical yeah. way that she does it. There's, there's a Hermione notes. way. If you want to find our notes and more stuff about us, uh, we're on the internet. We're Secret Weapon Productions. So go to that website. We're there. Uh, also, you can find us on Twitter at WordstruckPod. Uh, you can also tweet Alyssa. At Alyssa Small. Yay. Or me, at Clark Rogers. You changed your name on Twitter recently. Well, yeah, I did and the it October update. It was wonderful. Yeah. You are now Clarkula. Clarkula. <laughs> and I love it. Thank you. Um, I laughed so hard when I saw it. <laughs> so you can tweet at us. You can find us on Facebook. And uh, you could also email us any questions or comments at wordstruckpodcast at gmail.com. And we're on Facebook. Let us know what Voldemort's brother would be named. Mm-hmm. Uh, let us know what the Whomping Willow would be named. And let us know what the book about a basilisk, if that exists in this world, would be about. But don't you dare ever tweet at us any Hermione Lockhart fan fiction, because I don't want to see that. No, don't tweet it. Uh, <laughs> DM it. Just slide into the DMs with that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh. All right. Have a good night. <laughs> Bye.